Cofield and Company NFL insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. Five o'clock hour begins. Uh, we were just telling you about how to win uh, money every day with us. You can uh, get fired up again at 7A. I'll give you the details here. You can hit the jackpot on ESPN Las Vegas, win dollars uh, $20, a day, $2,024 a day. Uh, ESPN Las Vegas uh, wants to start off the year along with Raider Nation Radio with a chance to hit a jackpot. Every Monday through Friday, you can win uh, 2024. We have a daily code that we'll read you, and then you text it to 364 1100. Uh, again, the contest goes every day from 7A to 5P, and we have a different code each day. So make sure you're listening in tomorrow on uh, the Press Box, our morning show, and on Cofield and Company. We'll give you a jackpot code, and then you got to just text it to 702-364-1100. I feel like the, the previous guest, uh, the Korean curmudgeon Steve Kim, and is Sam – Sam's not even 40 yet, is he? Right? He's, he's in his 30s? I think so. I feel like those guys were not very open to our ideas to sexy up All-Star Weekend. And maybe the All-Star Game, maybe Miles Simmons will be a little more fired up. I'll, I'll, I'll throw him at you here in a second, Miles. First of all, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Uh, I will warn you that I, I watched very little of the All-Star festivities because yeah. I have better things to do with my time. And that's the way I feel about all All-Star Games at this point, pretty much. Okay. Uh, yeah. Whether it's MLB or NFL, even though I sort of get paid to cover that. You know, it just... it, And it's easier for me to ignore the Pro Bowl because that usually falls on the day that I am traveling to the Super Bowl. So right. I have an excuse. So I, just, just to... But, but I want to hear the ideas. I do. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I'm not anti-NBA All-Star Weekend because I know it's not for me. I'm a 50-plus... Dude, and uh, a couple of years ago, I actually watched. Well, I, I, I really, I don't. I think there's a lot of things in sports that people don't realize. Some of the most vocal people in social media are my ilk, uh, 50 plus whites, and I've come mm-hmm. to the, the realization that, uh, like, stuff isn't. They don't need us, okay? So, like, we're here. We're going to be here most of the time. They don't need us. They're going after young people. We're old and decrepit. And I was just thinking about the game itself, because uh, LeBron kind of spoke out against the game, so he gets it. But there does need to be some wrinkles in it, um, and whether it's giving some massive prize to the winning team. I mean, one of the things I think is easiest is I would the, the biggest award for me would be defensive MVP. I would come up with a defensive MVP for both sides and make it like a $2 million award, and I bet you some guys play defense. Maybe that would help it a little bit. And beyond that, to incentivize it with and, – and old heads won't like it. Oh, you got to pay them to play hard. You do. Because they know it's an exhibition. They know it's an injury risk. The players know it's stupid. So, yeah, you have to incentivize it. Make it something new. They did the tournament. People were like, oh, this is dumb. So those are those are two simple wrinkles to add. Uh, monetize a little bit more and also put a premium on defensive MVP and give them a big payday. I, I like the idea of, of defensive MVP and giving him a payday. I think that's actually a great idea, Steve. Because if you want people to play defense, well, you're going to have to incentivize it, as you were just saying. And um, I, I think – the in-season tournament is a good example of how that comes across, right? If you're going to pay us more money to do something, yeah, we'll, we'll get a little bit more enthusiastic about it. I don't know who doesn't get motivated by more money, right? I mean, like, especially if it's something that it would otherwise be meaningless. Okay, we're not talking about championship glory. We're talking about the freaking all-star game. So, yeah, and if you incentivize it with money, that's going to make it uh, a little bit more interesting, probably. Miles, here's my idea. 
How about put some of the NFL stars that we've seen, the Miles Garretts, the Micah Parsons, the Puka Nakuas, put them in the actual All-Star game? So that way you don't want those football stars showing you up. Maybe they'll try a little bit harder then. I know at least it'll bring some more eyeballs. Um, I, that's actually one of the better ideas that you've ever presented <laughs> to right. me. I honestly, like, cause you know what, but I, I'll say this though. If I'm Les Snead or Sean McVay and I'm watching Puka Nakua, like go up and dunk in whatever game that was. Cause I only saw how, I don't know what the hell they were doing, but I, I don't really want to see him do that. You know, like that to me is a bit of an ACL risk. So like that, uh, I, I like your idea, but if I am NFL teams, I would shut that down because I don't want uh, my players being hurt like that. <laughs> Yeah, C.J. Stroud, you know, getting guarded by Jennifer Hudson. What could go wrong? But <laughs> Jennifer Hudson. She Whoa. was also in the did game. That, she did was, that happen? She was in the like the Friday. The, that's the celebrity game that they play on Friday. So you had yeah. uh, you had C.J. Stroud, Micah Parsons, Puka Nakua, McCole Harmon, but you also had Jennifer Hudson. Did Jennifer Hudson uh, shoot from the, did she shoot Miles, from the Miles? Miles, you didn't see the, the moment of the game. Actually, the defensive MVP that night was Jennifer Hudson. She took a charge from Micah Parsons. <laughs> What? No, no, I just made that. Are you are you being real? No, okay. that would be great though. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, um, interesting. She was definitely uh, Jennifer moving. Hudson. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, she didn't get set. Of course not. Why would she? <laughs> you know, it's like when she was on American Idol. Everybody, everybody wants to talk about oh Jennifer Hudson. How did she lose American Idol? She wasn't good enough back then. Fantasia deserved to win that season. Whoa, so. whoa! I don't know. Hot takes were coming to the. Uh, I mean, you can call that hot if you want, but that's just the truth. I watched it. Also, I don't know if I think the the whole fix in the All Star game is just it's not going to happen. Like it's just it's going to be it is what it is. People keep watching it; they're going to keep playing it. Right. I mean, it's the same thing with the Pro Bowl. I, I think the thing that they did that I mean, I understand um, is taking away the actual game because nobody wants to risk injury in a in an actual football game in February that doesn't matter. I mean, like that. That to me makes sense. And you know, all the old heads, I guess the, the Steves of the world want to talk about, oh my gosh, you know, Sean Taylor, he was so great. And when he did this in 2000 and whatever he laid it out was. Brian Mormon. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, but like, let's not do that. I mean, there are a lot of things that happened in the early 2000s that we don't do anymore when it comes to football, like jacked up on Monday Night Countdown. I enjoyed that. That was fun. But, you know, it's not necessarily something that we should be doing anymore. So it's the same kind of deal. And like people do, they still watch it. People, more people watch the Pro Bowl apparently than watch the All Star Game um, for the NBA. So I don't know. It makes sense. It does. <laughs> Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk. Rendered you all speechless. Left us stunned. Stunned, stunned disbelief. <laughs> Adam, you can actually stuff. ask your. Uh, since we do a rundown, you can actually get to your next topic. Which you wanted to dig on me for JJ Reddick's take. Uh, we, we yes, we're all we're all over the place. Uh, JJ Reddick, Miles. <laughs> Is upset. Uh -huh. He's he's big mad, and I think is he. I don't know if he's old enough to be an old white, but he's getting there. Uh, he his big take is something I remember people complaining about like fifty years ago, and I wasn't even alive. That when a game is supposed to start at seven o'clock, why doesn't it start at seven o'clock? <laughs> why is it seven o five or seven eighteen or seven twenty three? Start on time when I turn the TV on. Yeah, I saw him say that. I'm like, wow, like how <laughs> how old did JJ Reddick get all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> He's been in TV like 2-3 years and man, he just turned into like 187 years old. Start the game on time. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't bother me as much. 
I understand that, you know, when they say it's going to start at 7.30, like, you can look on certain apps, and they'll actually tell you what time tip-off actually is going to be. So, you know, like, just learn how to navigate the internet. JJ, you're an elder millennial. You can do that. Miles, the NFL actually does a decent job. Like, Sunday's 10 a.m. Yeah, no. start, the game starts right at 10. Uh, yes. the, the other games start right pretty much on time. Uh, I think they do a pretty good job of it. I'll tell you the one, people that watch soccer – that's rough. It's always like 6.55. It's crazy. They start at mm. really random times. That's where you should be upset, not not because it starts at 7.18. This yeah. is just silly. I'd agree with that. I mean, they're only trying to get you to tune in and make sure that you're tuned in before tip-off is and so that you know they get maximum ratings at maximum times. I get that. Yeah, I don't really care about that. <laughs> Miles, <laughs> thanks. I'm with JJ. I'm just saying, man, start the game when you're supposed to start the game. Miles, but I do want to ask you about this Raiders coach and staff. I asked Adam earlier in the show, and he said, hey, we have to see it because it's just on paper. But with the additions of Luke Getze, Cadillac Williams, Joe Feldman as an offensive assistant, what do you think about the moves or the pieces that they're putting together? Um, I, I like them. And, you know, honestly, I, I kind of like it better than if Cliff Kingsbury actually would have accepted the job. Whoa. I'm not really a big Cliff Kingsbury fan. And like you can say what you want about Luke Getze and what the job he did with uh, the Chicago Bears. But how much do we know of that being Justin Fields? How much do we know of that being Luke Getze? How much do we know of that being Matt Eberflus's influence on the whole thing? So, I mean, that's why we're – you just kind of don't know. I mean, it's going to be Luke Getz's second experience in calling plays. Um, I think that's a good thing. I think adding guys who have experience, like a Joe Philbin, to come in and, and be another ear, you know, be another set of eyes, that's a good thing. You don't necessarily want Joe Philbin to be a head coach, right? But he does have that kind of experience, and I think – when you have somebody with that, that's pretty invaluable. And he's been an offensive coordinator before. You know, he he understands things like that. So you you bring in these guys that have kind of a West Coast offense background. I think that's a good thing. Um, and we'll have to see what they do at quarterback, right? And how they make sure that the quarterback's going to be protected. How the weapons are going to be. Is Josh Jacobs going to be back? But I think you know, just from the fundamental standpoint of building a coaching staff, I, I think that there is there there's some good things there. Miles, they have a quarterback. Uh, kidding. Uh, what I mean, we- you like? You like Aiden O'Connell less than me? So I was going to say, like, what are we doing here? Not sure. I was very unbiased and neutral and just watch what happens on the field uh i would say don't we all i I would i I wanted to ask about what do you know about luke getzey and justin field's relationship because when luke getzey was named offensive coordinator i saw a lot of people say well that means justin fields is out they don't like each other it didn't work out there and it's over and then luke getzey does his introductory press conference he's asked about justin fields and he is incredibly over the top about how uh, how much he likes Justin Fields, how much he progressed, how good he is as a person, and everything else. And I see the city of Chicago freaking out, like, the Raiders are stealing Justin Fields. They're reuniting him with Luke Ketsy. Like, it's got to be somewhere in between, but what is your understanding of their relationship? Yeah, I, I think that there were good things there that happened between Luke Getze and Justin Fields. And I, I think that it wasn't just all good or all bad you know um so that's kind of what my understanding is it's not that you know luke getsy is going to be completely all in 100 percent, or he's gonna be oh no 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 no. we can't have this guy there is somewhere in the middle um that it would be but i think that you know if you're gonna frame it as the raiders are gonna steal justin fields like that doesn't make any sense to me i they, <laughs> you're gonna pick caleb williams at number one overall maybe so who is stealing anybody 
Maybe. Uh, you know what? Okay. And, and uh, all right. So I, I had this conversation with Peter King on his podcast today. And you can check that out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. But I think that this is not a hard decision. Okay. Like, and what the thing that Peter King said to me, which I was like, well, if that's the case, then why are we even talking about this? He says that Justin Fields has been a B minus or C plus player. Now, if that's the case, and you've got the number one overall pick, and you think one of these guys, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May, is a potential A player, then why in the bleep are we talking about this? You trade Justin Fields, and then you get the potential of the A player. So, And it's not that I think Justin Fields is a B minus C plus player. I don't really know. I don't know what exactly his ceiling is, but it doesn't appear that his ceiling is somewhere close to Caleb Williams, because what have we done? We have seen him on the field for multiple years now you can question the coaching staff you can do all of these different things but I just I don't understand why we're sitting here saying oh yeah we have a B minus C plus player mm, let's trade the number one overall freaking pick in a deep quarterback draft class and then let's just do something where oh man we'll go get a quarterback next year with our other number with multiple number one picks or we'll do it two years from now and what are we gonna do when we have to pay Justin Fields oh my gosh let's give him 40 million a year for a B minus C plus player. Well, I don't understand this conversation. What this conversation makes absolutely no sense to me. So what you do is you send Justin Fields on his way to a new environment. Maybe he plays well, maybe he doesn't. I don't care. But if you are constructing a football team, I don't understand how you're going to sit there and say to me, "Oh yeah, B minus C plus player. Let's build around that guy." Are you out of your mind? He's been in the league for 3 years. Enough. Well, I think I Sorry. Mean, I'm I kind of with you. I'm kind of with you and I think especially because of the contract situation, right? You'd rather have Thank you. a quarterback on a rookie deal for the next four years or five years than you would Justin Fields who you have to pay in two years. But I think it's it's not an arbitrary question either, right? Because it's do you want Justin Fields and, you know, four first round picks and another potential like Pro Bowl player, or do you want Caleb Williams? I think that's this the debate. But that's a here's the thing that gets lost in this too, Adam. And like I meant to bring this up because I forgot to bring it up earlier. The Bears also have the number nine overall pick in this draft. Yeah. All right. So every time we start talking about, oh my gosh, well what what could they do with the haul that they'll get for Justin Fields? If you really want to move back and get more picks, use the ninth overall pick and do that. All right, but you don't pass on a quarterback who can potentially elevate your franchise when you haven't had a really good quarterback in your franchise and I don't know how long, right? In my lifetime at least, and I'm 32 years old. So th this like this is the weird part of this. Oh my gosh, they could get so much for that. Well, they could also use the number 9 overall pick. And if you're worried about your offensive line, oh my god, what do you do? You use your number 9 overall pick to do that or you trade back and you get more people that way too. I mean, I just you don't pass on the quarterback here. Or you trade Fields for what? What does Fields get on the open market? Because I heard a couple weeks ago it'll take a third-round pick. Now there's I, starting to be some buzz. Could it be a first-round pick that it takes to get Justin Fields? If there is some sort of bidding war, maybe. But I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, like to me, it's high three, low two. That That's what I would expect. Maybe a combination of like a low two and a five or something like that. But I, I – I mean, what have we shown? What or what have we seen from Justin Fields that would make you say, "Oh yeah, he is a top ten quarterback right now," right? And that's what I or top fifteen even. Like that's the stuff where I'm like, "Yeah, that you would get a top ten, you would get a, excuse me, a first round pick." 
But I don't know that we've seen that. And we've seen progression from Justin Fields. And again, I'm not saying he's not going to be a good quarterback to great quarterback in this league. I don't know. I don't know what situation he's going to be in next. But I just know that from what we've seen so far, I'm not giving up a first-round pick for that guy. It's not worth it. Let's let's say if they're not going to trade, if they're going to take a quarterback instead of taking Justin Fields, I do think it would be intriguing if, say, Washington or New England reached out about the number one pick it were to offer multiple future ones to move up a spot or two, do the Bears have to listen to that knowing you still get one of the top three quarterbacks and potentially more picks to go with it, or do you just stick with Caleb? I mean, it depends on what your evaluation of Williams is, right? I mean, if you think that you can go back a pick and you're still going to get somebody you absolutely love and you believe can elevate your franchise, then yes, you do it, right? If Washington wants to come up and get Caleb Williams and you want to move back a spot and you pick up an extra one and you still get Drake May, that's something I can jive with, right? If you go back, you know, to three and they and you can get Daniels, right? That's something I, I could go with too. But you have to be able to get your quarterback at the top of this draft if you are Chicago. This is an extra first-round pick that you got because you fleeced the Carolina Panthers last year and they were god-awful this year, right? So this is the time where you make these moves and you do it. Um, that that's what you set your franchise up for. This is the way you set yourself up for success. And like, I, I just, I don't think kicking the quarterback can down the road makes any sense. But yeah, if you can pick up an extra one and you move down to two and you still get the guy you want, I, I can see that. But I also feel like at a certain point, just pick the pick the guy at one and go. Again, we're talking to Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk here on Cofield Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Miles, I've got to ask you, Russell Wilson, his Denver home is now up for sale. Where is mm-hmm. he going next? Well, I mean, he could be one of these guys that ends up in Las Vegas. You know, division rival of the Broncos, chance to play Sean Payton and stick it to him two times a year. Um, Washington is another option that I think maybe he could be a bridge quarterback there. Atlanta, another place where it would kind of make sense to have him. Um, as a veteran guy, and he could distribute to uh, those guys that, that they have at skill positions. But it's it's a little bit difficult to tell just because, I mean, people, people like ignored Russell Wilson's start of the decline, I feel like, kind of going back to the latter half of 2020 into 2021. You know, like there were signs there where it was like, man, this guy is not – playing at the level where he used to, and the whole let Russ cook, let Russ cook. Well, then he starts burning the meal, and that's why the Seahawks wanted to move on when they did. And then, you know, they go to Geno Smith, and it's like, oh, my, that's really interesting. Who knew that that would happen? It's like, well, they did because they understood the dynamics internally. Um, So, obviously, things were really bad with Russell Wilson and Daniel Hackett in 2022. There was stuff in 2023 where you can say, all right, you know, he's still got a little bit of juice to him. Um, but for whatever reason, he and Sean Payton were not meant to work together. So if there's a coach out there that really likes Russ, really feels he can work with Russ, um, then that's probably where he'll end up. But yeah, I think, um, Washington, the Raiders, the Falcons, those are the three at the top of mind for right now. Miles Simmons, pro football talk. Miles, before we let you go, are you guys setting up, uh, some sort of a big broadcast center at the combine? Yes. Yeah, we will be there. Um, I will be there Tuesday. Well, for the thing I get in Monday afternoon, which is crazy, man, like two weeks after leaving Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, I will be flying to Indianapolis. So it's just a little too fast. It's a little too fast. Um, But yeah, I'll be there through 
Fr- I guess not. I'll be there for through Friday morning, so we'll have plenty of content at, at Peacock um, on the NFL on NBC YouTube page and at ProFootballTalk.com, as always. Can you can you say hi to all my all my spots? I'll send you a list. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you. No See problem. Happy to. <laughs> no one is more depressed that he doesn't get to wor- keep working on NFL like 10 days after the season and after the Super Bowl's over than uh, Adam Hill. And I mean depressed that he can't keep working. Oh. It's official. You're not going to the combine. No, Golden Knights are playing. Oh, what man. is your newspaper doing? I don't know. Ser- seriously, conservative estimate. Not to get you in trouble. Traffic on the combine versus traffic on. Well, we'll, we'll still be. Night, I mean, it's it's night. It's thirty, forty times. Uh, we'll still have representation there. Vinny will be there, but we'll okay, have both of us there this year. Uh, I got. Let me throw this at you guys. Because I didn't want to throw it at Miles because he didn't write it. Uh, and it's a chance to bash on Mike Florio. But I think you, I think Adam will fight me on this. He wrote about the college football playoff. First of all, you cover the NFL. Stay there. Okay, Florio from Pro Football Talk. He said, first, with 12 teams in the field, some of the games will not be competitive. In most years, the number one team will destroy the champion of the number – Eight number nine game. What is destroy? I'll probably be like a twenty one point favorite. Okay, I will. I will blindly take without knowing the matchups. Plus twenty one for the next five years on the one versus eight nine game. Damon, are you ready to do a five year bet? That I'll take is, that money. Steve. That's a neutral site, right? No, that they're hosting that. No, no. First round no, is hosting. It's a, new, it's a neutral site. It's neutral. Yep. Adam, Adam, as he does, parsing through the bet thinking about it Damon, i'll take the bet <laughs> i love it you're giving me the number where one team you? where are you guys on this thought that the number one team will destroy eight or nine every year yeah but the number one team for the most part every year has destroyed the number 14 right but this goes with my philosophy and my theory that college basketball is college basketball college football is shrinking from the best teams and they're starting to move back and we'll see how it plays out here like if the ohio state experiment is spending who knows how much $15 million on transfers actually works. Right. But I don't think it will. I actually think the impact of the transfer portal is more significant to the middle and bottom teams in the power five conferences and the top teams in group of five. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough, it's a tough measure. I mean, I just set that arbitrary number, but I, I feel like, well, just, but, but no, no, destroy. He he's saying destroy. So that to me that means twenty one or twenty eight points. Yeah, and I will I will say I mean I'd be it'd be pretty stunning if a one fell over the next five years to an eight. I don't think they'll fall, but I do believe at least two out of those five games will be inside of three touchdowns. I don't think that's a crazy. You said how many at least two out of five? A three out of five. You need three to win. Well, Steve, it sounds like you're closer to agreeing with him than you are disagreeing with him. It's <laughs> a good point. So you're right. Adam Adam, Adam got me on that one. Three out of five will be inside of 21 points. Go to break. I need to reset. You don't believe it. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio on ESPN Las Vegas. Do a giveaway. We have a cool event coming into town. The Las Vegas College Baseball Classic. It starts up on Friday. You got four NCAA Division I baseball teams coming to town. Oklahoma, Cal, Ohio State, and Pitt, and we've got tickets for it. It runs Friday through Sunday. 
Uh, we've got tickets, uh, date TBD, so you're going to get two tickets for uh, one of the sessions coming up Friday through Sunday, 364-1100, 364-1100. Caller number seven, if you want to buy your own tickets, you can go to milb.com to check out the Las Vegas College Baseball Classic out at the Las Vegas ballpark. Damon will take care of you. Damon, Adam, Cofield here on this Tuesday. You know, this is a rare kind of coming out of the weekend show for us because we had uh, President's Day off where I will actually put the A's in the rundown. The Oakland But A's? I have to. Dude, this, is, th- this weekend I thought was so bad in terms of PR for not only the A's but several other teams around baseball. And we'll get to the, what, Red Sox, Diamondbacks, and White Sox in a couple of minutes. But I don't want to go as strong as saying, Adam, that things are caving in for Fisher and Cavill and the A's. But more and more people around the country are noticing what's going on. It's not a good look for these guys. It's not, and I, I will say I did a yeah, I did a radio spot earlier today in Nashville, and uh, hilarious by the way. I just had them cracking up, Steve, the whole time. Um, but I kind of in, informed them because they asked about the A's and and when they're going to start and all this other stuff. And I said, well, we haven't seen renderings of the stadium yet. And they they like yep. stopped. They said, wait, hold on, hold on. There's no renderings. And I said, no, nothing. There's nothing. And I kind of got into the whole nine acres and how it's going to be very difficult and there's a, a casino project involved and all this other stuff. But, like, it is stunning. We know this because it's day-to-day and it's just kind of natural to us that, yeah, we haven't seen anything yet. But I think other yeah. people around the country are kind of stunned that this whole thing has been announced with no details. Months and months and months. And then the other cra- the other crazy part of this, Adam, is uh, Jeff Passany, ESPN's baseball guy, goes on with uh, Kornheiser and Wilbon. And it was like gigantic breaking news when Passon said, I don't know what's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if the Vegas thing falls through. And to your point, that's how little people have been been paying attention to it, if I can say it, been paying attention to it, that they thought this was a done deal. And on the ground here in Oakland, we're like, what the hell is going on? So now the light finally got shined on how dysfunctional this is. It's a mess. And let's remind everyone again, if – the A's don't get cooperation from Bally's and get a little more property. There's no way they can build a retractable roof. Then it'll be a dome. And if they then want to go, you know what, let's look somewhere else. Let's look for a bigger piece of property. They can't. The legislation was signed with that specific piece of property in mind, and the process would start all over again. And let me tell you something. If the process started all over again, and many of these jabronis still voted for the A's to get this money. I, my my head would explode because there's got to. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna slow down. You would think there's got to be a bunch of them who were like, "Boy, this was a really bad move. Why did we invest in these guys?" And I'll make a point in about five minutes. Why did we invest in baseball? Have some of them been woken up by this, by the dysfunction of this and the lack of organization? What do you think, Adam? I think the A's for sure. I, I don't know if baseball as a whole would fall into it. Um, but I do think if the A's have to go back to the legislature and try to get a new site or figure out something else, I do think even those that don't follow baseball, even those that don't know the ownership situation, even those that 
maybe we're just saying, oh, that's cool, we have baseball here, and didn't really pay much attention beyond that, I think would say, wait, why are they coming back? Why did they not have this planned? Why was this such a mess? Why are we hearing that you guys are a disaster? Like, what what is this? I think it would be a much different process the second time around. Not that it wouldn't get done necessarily, but I think it would be a much, much more difficult hurdle to climb now having to explain a lot of what went on. Which uh, also shows how flawed the initial process was. We've now done this twice. We had our public servants not really do any research and rubber stamp a yes for the money for Allegiant. Now, it's worked out to a certain extent. We got a Super Bowl. Allegiant is hosting plenty of events. Financially, I'd like to see the reports after five years how well this is working out. This one is completely ridiculous, and I've said it multiple times. Either our public servants were lazy or somehow bought into this for yes votes. And I'll repeat it again for the guy, Scott Hammond, who voted yes and then got all pissed off about a month ago because some guy accused him of doing something dirty here, and then he made a comment, uh, you know, do your research, and, you know, you're, you're, you know, it's easy to tweet from a basement. I'm saying this on local radio. What did you do, sir? What did you do? You have to know at this point, again, unless you're incompetent, you have to know at this point that you've invested in something that is very, very shaky. And this was very irresponsible. And I'll, and here's where I'll loop in baseball, guys. Do you see what's going on in Chicago with Jerry Reinsdorf? Now he wants public money for a billion-dollar project. The owner of the Diamondbacks is back again, right, Adam? And we've been covering this one for like six, seven years because he's been fighting with the city and threatening, and he kind of used Henderson as a negotiating, negotiating ploy a few years ago. He's looking for a new stadium. Baltimore's looking for a new stadium. How many places are going to be allowed to do this before everyone kind of bands together in all these cities and they're like, there's no money. There's no public money. You're not getting it. And here's the deal. Five of you need to relocate. Good luck finding five markets like Salt Lake because Salt Lake is desperate and Salt Lake will put together something. You know, the Larry Miller, uh, whatever it is, or organization company has a billion-dollar plan to build a – you know, a multi-level facility with a baseball stadium. Good luck with, uh, you know, Bobby Manfred trying to strong on all these cities via these owners and finding five relocation sites. Yeah, I think they have two or maybe three. If you count Portland, there's three. I don't, I, I don't three think years. Portland's, I don't think Portland's in the mix. When you talk to the Nashville guys, they're like, oh yeah, we're in the mix. Are they? They think they are. And Louisville definitely is. I think Louisville's kind of far down the road actually with, with their bid. Yep. Um, leave, leave, leave Chicago, Phoenix, Arizona, Baltimore. What other markets that I mentioned? Obviously, Oakland. Leave those markets to go to Louisville. Ooh, that's a sign of a really strong sport. I like Louisville. I, I don't know anything about Louisville, but that's ridiculous. There's a it's where they make the bats. Okay, it's a big baseball town. Sure, their minor league stadium is phenomenal. Okay. By, by the way, on top of all this, as I continue to rant, on top of all this, now you've got people in Nevada, well, including the Independent, writing, you know, when lots of people laughed at Carolyn Goodman, the mayor, she was right when she said, you know what, this doesn't make any sense. The A should go back to Oakland. And we didn't even get to where we should have started, which is the position the A's have now put themselves in with the city of Oakland 
because they can't find anywhere to play because the Players Association is not going to let them bounce around at them to all these different markets. No. So they now have to go crawling back to Oakland, and Oakland is doing the right thing by using this as leverage to Major League Baseball. You want to use the stadium? We're at the top of the expansion list, which then bounces back to Vegas, and we're like, why are we getting the A's? Yeah. We want an expansion team. Yeah. We don't want them. If there's an expansion, make it make it here. Make it this one. This is the this is the right market for it. Uh, yeah, they've put themselves in a bad spot by by jamming this through as quickly as they tried to do without the details done. They have made themselves look even sillier, and made us look silly by extension for doing it. Uh, but at least we have the chance now didn't, to maybe smart. Didn't didn't make you, me, and Demond look silly. Sure. Because we were at the front of the line right off the bat saying there's a lot of problems with this. I think and this ain't the organization you want to invest in unless they're going to do an about face. I, I mean, I feel like the, the football thing was more 50-50 and closer, and this one was like 80-20 against it. And for the fact that it went through was you know, still baffling. But at least there's a chance. And to the, to the credit of the legislature, yep. they did tie it in to one, one spot. Yep. Like yep. th- that is something we should give them credit for to say, look, yes. if you're going to do it here and you're going to make it happen, you're going to work with Bally's fine. We're not going to give you carte blanche, just here's money, go wherever you want, which they could have done, which is essentially how they did the deal last time. You want this? Good, good, this, 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 I take everything. At least this time, I'm like, okay, we're going to put some, some restrictions on this. So to their credit, maybe we can figure out something better if this doesn't work out, which it looks like it's not going to. Demon, I just want to hear from one of our representatives. Maybe if this does fall through in the future, I knew it was wrong at the time. I just was afraid to go against everyone else in the party. Or, you know, I want to hear the from that person. I just I didn't feel comfortable enough to speak up, but I knew it was a bad idea from the get go. Yeah, that's who I want to talk to. It's um, here's the thing. If and and this is this is where I'll point out a market like Oakland and the Bay Area. And I will say, I, I was a. We got a compliment about six months ago from a media person in the Bay Area because we we knew a bunch of details about the Howard Terminal. And instead of just taking it as a compliment, I was like, "That's kind of insulting, right?" Yeah. Like we do real sports talk radio here. We're probably better than most of you there. I'm not going to do Freddie Coleman and say you know best radio show, but. Like, we follow sports. We follow stuff outside of sports. We follow stadium and arena projects all over the country because we know they're, that stuff's going to affect us. And to go back to my point about Major League Baseball, this is the way they operate. They often do not give a rat's ass about their fans. And we see them come back to their cities, Adam, and their regions 20 years later, and they're like, well, this isn't going to work anymore. Like, like what? Milwaukee just Milwaukee just strong arm the state of Wisconsin, uh, the Brewers strong arm the state of Wisconsin to get a bunch of improvements on Miller Park. It's like twenty three years old. Like, when does it end? Yeah, we in Las Vegas, we follow this stuff, and we're from everywhere, so we've been through this in other markets. It also, on a side note, Baltimore remains one of my favorite stadiums. It's in my top five. I, you know what, Adam? When I saw. Uh, whatever it was a few months ago that Baltimore is going to be looking for a new stadium. I'm like, what? What? what is ha-? I mean, it also shows my age. I'm like, I remember that place opening. Wait, th- th- they can't make it work there? Yeah. 
it's awesome. And I was there not too long ago, and it, it was still awesome. I mean, I'll, I'll certainly be dead unless there's some technology that allows us to live to 120 years old. But we know if this building opens on the trap site in 2028, it'll be uh, called obsolete in 2048. Oh, that that property and that the traffic there on that corner that doesn't work anymore. Like, okay, because yeah. that's what they do in Major League Baseball. Not enough. Whatever I was going to say, suites, but it's going to be some other thing by then. There's not enough apartments inside. Oh, whatever we're going to do. And this is why I don't put the A's and the stadium on the show to start the week because now Demond looks like I've broken him. I just like Goodman said. I'm sad. I just don't know why they can't make it work with Oakland. I know. Just, just They're going to. There's going to be an expansion team by 2033. They're going to. It's ownership. It's this guy. Look, the crazy thing is Oakland's going to get their expansion team before the A's actually move to Vegas. Probably. There's going to be an expansion yes. Oakland team, and the A's will still be looking for a place to play temporarily. <laughs> I hope. But Bobby Baseball, hope Bobby Baseball is sure that this is going to get – it's on track to happen in 2028. And in 2029 when he's gone – not his problem yeah. anymore. This is this is his legacy. He he doesn't want to walk away with this not being done when he retires in twenty twenty nine. Oh yeah, that's what he's worried about. He's taking his money and he's running. <laughs> he cares about his legacy. I don't even think he likes baseball. Adam, who you had? Uh, have you written about this in a column? Which one? The A's and the stadium. Yeah. Well, I did say that uh, the Super Bowl will be back before the A's are here and. NBA will be here before the A's are here. If I recall, who who was the, who was the lead on down the middle coverage of the A's in the stadium at the paper? Was it Sam Gordon? Was it a collaboration with News? Uh, uh well, yeah, Sam did some. Okay. So Sam left. Don't play coy. Yamashita have left. Yeah. Cassie Soto, I don't think would have been leading the charge on down the middle because she was probably more of a video person. I think she was. So who's who, who's who's doing this down the middle now? Is it is it the sports department? Is it the news side? Who's going to cover this? Uh, well, I mean, I'm I'll keep writing anti, hoping they don't come. I mean, you guys are a, a gigantic force in this market. Someone has to be covering this. Yeah, I'm writing that. I don't, we don't want it. Okay, there you go. Lean the witness, Your Honor. That was not that was not a that was not a spirited answer. I was I was really hoping like we've got a whole investigative team on this, and we're gonna we're gonna show everyone the full story. I'm saying we don't we as a collective I don't want it. So you're leading the charge. Sure. You're you're the okay. There you go. Look forward to some great stories on this on both sides, man. You know what? If the A start getting it right, then I want to hear about that too. But man, they got to hustle because right now we are completely confused. And then when we hear that Oakland's getting an expansion team, we still don't have renderings of the stadium. Uh, the San Fran Chronicle is doing a really good job of getting news on this stuff. So uh, I hope this gets better soon because it's getting really, really frustrating. And it's embarrassing for Las Vegas when Jeff Passan goes on ESPN and says the whole thing is going to fall through and makes us all look like dummies here in the state of Nevada. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Grab Bag is brought to you by Circle Las Vegas, and uh, it's three stories of glory tournament viewing party. College basketball fans can choose from a variety of seating options in the world's 
largest sports book. That is Circa Sports, uh, luxury booths in the elite Circa Club, the uh, comfortable recliners in the Legends Club. If you've never been there, it is crazy. It's three stories high, the book is, featuring a 78 million pixel high-definition screen. And the book is equipped with everything that Vegas March Mania fans need to enjoy the tournament, including, I love this one, in-seat power outlets. Very important when you're watching basketball and you want to bet on the app and your phone is being drained for like 15 hours. Free Wi-Fi. There are food and beverage packages available to get your spot because it will sell out the three stories of glory tournament viewing party at Circle Las Vegas. Go to Circle Las Vegas and make a reservation. Grab bag with them on, Adam Hill. I think, and I, Cofield. Hold on, I, think I could Got be wrong. I might just be inventing a promo for Circa, but I'm pretty sure next week they also have open bar on Thursday for anyone celebrating a birthday. Yes, February 29th, right? Yeah. Leap year. Oh, yeah. Is that oh. Derek Stevens' birthday? It's very cool. I know some people that have a birthday on the 29th. I don't know anyone who does. Me tell them all about well, it. I think I'm pretty sure uh, Tyrese Halliburton has a birthday on the 29th of February. Just do they have a game that night, or is he going to come in for like the free drinks? Have a birthday on the 29th. I think he does. Because I think he joked the other day he's going to be turning six. Oh well, the oh, type that's a good of point. person who would make that joke. <laughs> I have some listener feedback. February 29th, 2000. Tyrese Halliburton. Sorry, oh, wow. go ahead. That's fine. I have some listener feedback. Okay. So we had Anthony Rendon say over the weekend, I don't want to get this wrong. How did he put it that baseball isn't his first priority? I can play it again. It's only 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, play it again. Is it still a top priority for you? Though? It's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. So I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> 7 in the morning or whatever time it is. So, Steve, I have Bible study tomorrow, so uh, sorry. You're out? <laughs> well, you can work it out, work that out with the bosses. Maybe they'll be good on that. Yeah, this is my, uh, you know, it's a priority. I'm here. But, I mean, my religion and my family come first. I, Birthday parties can't make Adam, Adam, any admiration for the guy who kept following up? Uh, Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was solid. I think. I wish I knew who that was. Good I job. think he left. I, I think Rendon left after a couple minutes. There was one more question from said guy of, "Oh, you're trying to lead me. You keep asking the same question." And no, he just wants the clarification. I would have asked for the yeah. clarification. So, if a child's birthday falls on a game day, where will you be? Hey, he did say family. Family first. And if baseball gets in the way, he's out. And by the way, he's not because he's not walking away from thirty-eight million a year to play forty-eight games a season. That's that is something we overlooked. <laughs> that he said he'd walk away when baseball has to be the priority. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he would. He's got enough money from the deal, and yeah. he's made out pretty well here. Um, along those lines, we were talking to Steve Kim, Wait, which, I by the way, was listener Adam, feedback. When you're when this is listener feedback. Oh, okay. When you're on the show, don't say later in the show. That you didn't want to derail a spot. Steve Kim is on because oftentimes he has views that are not in line with yours at all. Sure. Attack. Well, that was that that wasn't like a, a controversial thing. It was just something that Damon said that I kind of made mental note of for later. That I don't want to get into the details of because we still don't know the details if it's the top four te- the top four rated conference championships. Conference champions right. or the top four conferences, their champion. 
Okay, good point. Uh, Rhino Derek, one of our P1s, said, Cofield, for the love of God, if you ever go on air and say, quote, I don't even care about this stuff. It's just where my capitalism lives. I might have to leave. <laughs> Did well, Steve say something wrong there? That He said that? Steve basically said, I'm not really a big fan like I was years ago. Uh, this is I make money off it, though. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I think it's fair. It's accurate, right? I have no idea if it's accurate. He said it. It's not accurate for me. Well, I don't think it's accurate. I don't think it's seats. accurate for you. I don't think it's accurate for well. Sometimes with them on, <laughs> if you're frustrated that you know I'm not that fired up to do this. It's just how I make a living. There are there are people in the building who think that way, but I trust I, me. I, if I can make a better living. Yeah. Uh, Manny texting pretty... in. Come on, Co-Film <laughs> Company is the best show on ESPN Radio 1100. Adam Demon and JVT. What more do you want? He's taking a shot at you, Steve. Wow. Oh wow. That's a tough one. Well, you can listen to John on uh, VSIN every day now from 3 to 6. So <laughs> appreciate the support. We're back tomorrow with another three hours. And keep texting in. That's a good line you can text in anytime. 702 364 1100.